Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The picture of a, a courtroom scene, a trial before a judge uh, up there behind the bench, is probably a pretty familiar scene to most of us. Uh, perhaps, perhaps you've been called into court for some matter or another before the law. Perhaps you've been on jury duty uh, and had to, to take part in a trial like that. Or at the very least, uh, we've all seen a, a courtroom scene depicted in, in TV and in movies. And so for, for many of us, I think the thought of having to stand before an angry judge on trial is probably a pretty scary thought that we might have. It might even be the subject of one of our nightmares, uh, being hauled in, in, in front of a, of a judge, handcuffed and, and put up on, on some kind of charge, perhaps feeling that we've been wrongly accused of some crime. And now there we are, standing helpless, simply at the mercy of that judge, awaiting whatever judgment he might mete out. It can be a pretty terrifying thought, because the judge has the power to punish us severely for the crime we've committed or, or perhaps for the crime we've been falsely accused of. When we hear in God's word about Jesus coming again on the last day to judge all people, we may sometimes have a similar, rather frightening picture in our mind of, of being hauled up, not just before a human judge, but before the almighty, eternal, all-powerful God who has the power to send us to hell, to suffer for all eternity in eternal fire and anguish that never ends. So as we read about the last judgment, as we sing about day of wrath, oh day of mourning, we might have uh, so, some rather frightening imagery come into our minds when we think about our sins, the sins that, that we've committed from, from the, the earliest times that we can remember, some sins that only we know about because we've been too ashamed to tell any other human being, but we know that God knows. We read again and again, especially throughout the Old Testament, about God's righteous judgment for sin and the punishment that he threatens. And we can easily have in our mind this picture of God as an angry judge just waiting to damn us for our sins against him. And we may never personally have been uh, convicted as criminals in a, a human court of law, but we all know deep down that we have all broken the law of God in our hearts and in our lives. We've done things, we've said things that have hurt our, our family members and friends and other people. We feel guilty for those sins we've committed. We know that the all-knowing God surely knows the wrongs that we have done. We know his threats, his warning that he will surely punish sin. In fact, we can remember some of the passages in his word where he says just that. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, he says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, he says, 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus says, I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. And in case there was any doubt about what the judgment against us should be, what we deserve because of our sins, we read in Romans chapter 3, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. So the testimony of the Bible is quite clear. It is absolute. Because of the sins that we have committed against God's commandments, because of the times that we have broken his will, because of the things that we've said and the things that we've done that have hurt other people, and even because of our impure thoughts and desires that at least God knows about, even if no one else does, for all these things, God says that we deserve to be punished by him the righteous judge, on that day of judgment. And so looking at things from that rather bleak perspective, judgment day certainly does seem to be a rather scary day indeed. But let's go back to our sermon text from Matthew chapter 25 and see again how Jesus describes that last day when he will come back to judge the world. As we look back over the verses of that reading, we see that unlike in a human court of law, we will not be called upon to give a defense of our actions or to try to explain the wrong things that we have done. The judge, Jesus, is God. He knows all things. He already knows the things that we've said or done or thought and so he makes judgment without even calling any witnesses to come and to testify against us, without even asking us to testify on our own behalf. In fact, in our reading from Matthew chapter 25, we don't even see what criterion the judgment is based upon. It simply says, in, starting in verse 32, All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. But it doesn't say why. Aside from referring to them as sheep and goats, we know they're, they're people. What is it that distinguishes them and is the basis for judgment? And so to, to find out that information, we have to look elsewhere in the Bible to find out the criteria that this judgment of God is based upon. And we think back, for example, to those familiar verses from John chapter 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And continuing on in chapter 3 of John's Gospel, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And again in John chapter 3, verse 36, it says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. 
And so there in those verses, we clearly see the standard that God will use to judge all people at the last judgment, whether or not they believe in Jesus as their Savior from sin. The Bible is quite clear that we cannot be saved from God's righteous judgment and go to heaven by our own good works because God's standard for our works is perfection. Perfect obedience to all of his commandments, not just in the outward action, but also inwardly in the the thoughts and attitudes and motivations of our hearts. Only a perfect person could go to heaven by relying on his or her own good works. But none of us are perfect. We all have a sinful nature that we inherited from our parents, and we all have disobeyed God's commands throughout our lives, and our actions, and our words, and our thoughts. All of us, that is, except Jesus. Jesus, who is true God, became a true human being, and lived on this earth among sinful human beings, in order to obey God's law perfectly for us in our place. And then Jesus suffered and died on the cross. He suffered in our place the punishment that we deserve because of our sins. All of our sins were paid for by Jesus on the cross. And then Jesus rose from the dead to prove to us that what he said is true, that he really is the Son of God, that his death really did pay the full price for all of our sins, for the sins of every person in the whole world, of all eras of the history of the world. We really will have eternal life with him in heaven because of this through faith in him as our Savior. As we read last Sunday from chapter 3 of the book of Romans, that because of this, through faith in Jesus, all people have been justified, that is, declared righteous in God's sight, holy and sinless, through faith in him as our Savior. Romans chapter 3, verse 22 says, This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. So because of this, at the last judgment, we don't need to be afraid. We can instead stand confidently before the righteous judge of all Because we know that we have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross for us, which has washed away all of our sins. We can take comfort from what we see in our sermon text in Matthew chapter 25. That the last judgment will not be a trial in which we will be questioned about all the wrongs that we have done in our lives, where we will be publicly humiliated in front of a large group of people as all of our dirty secrets are revealed for all to see and hear. No, instead we see in Matthew chapter 25 that Jesus does not mention a single sin of those people who believe in him. And again, that is because the blood of Jesus has already paid for all of those sins. God has completely removed our sins from us. In God's eyes, we are pure and holy. And when God looks at us, He only sees now the perfect life of Jesus that Jesus has credited to us 
in God's sight, as, as our own righteousness. God sees only the, the deeds that we have done for him and for others from our hearts that are full of thanks for his amazing grace to us through Jesus. And so on that day, the righteous judge will say, Amen, I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. That is the evidence that the righteous judge will point to on that day. He will only say, look at all these good things that you did out of thanksgiving for my love to you. These are evidence of your faith in Jesus. These deeds of thankful love are the only evidence that God will bring forward at that last judgment for those who believe in Jesus. He will not point out any of our sins because they've all been removed by Jesus. Jesus says that the last judgment could come at any time. No one knows the day or the hour, he says, and so we must always be prepared. And thank God that he assures us that we already are prepared because we know that Jesus has already made us righteous, that he has already taken away all of our sins by his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And so now when we think about the last judgment, we can be confident, not full of, of fear and terror of, of what that, the unknown of what that judgment will hold, because we know for sure that that day will not be one of shame and punishment for us. But instead, it will be a day when God welcomes us into the eternal home of heaven that he has prepared for us with him because of the saving work of Jesus. On that day, he will say to us, Come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Praise God for this verdict of his grace. Let's share this good news with many others so that they will have the same confidence that we have about that wonderful judgment of forgiveness and salvation through Jesus on the last day. Amen.